Hello, hello, welcome to episode three of Rewind That Part Podcast. I am your host, Garrett. I guess I should come up with like some cool podcast handle or DJ name or something, but because um, I'm just saying my name dry like that is, eh. but welcome to episode three. Well, technically episode three, but I would say it's episode one. This is like first official episode I guess um I when I initially started this podcast a couple months ago um it was I was gonna go back and re-watch old black cinema movies and kind of look at it through uh an adult lens and my perspective of things now which I still will do um but uh and I didn't want to make it too bravo heavy but I find that the bravo uh content is what gets a lot of engagement um, and I got some positive feedback on the episode I did on Bethany and Nini. So I decided to come back and review all these trailers they just dropped. Um, and I felt like uh, I could go through all of them pretty quickly. Um, I'm, it only took me a week this time to come back with a new episode, not six months. So hopefully this is something that uh, I can make a weekly thing and be consistent with it. Uh, because I feel like, um, there's always something going on. You know, I'll probably dive into some pop culture hot topics at some point. Uh, but the Bravo stuff seems to be pretty popular. So, you know, if something cool happens, I may touch on that. Uh, so they dropped the trailers. Andy Cohen saw that interview with Bethany and Nene last week and said, um, y'all bitches want to burn my house down. Y'all better bring some more fire because we dropping five trailers in a week um, for all new shows coming this fall and winter. So, um, yeah, Bravo is on their shit now. I, I think everybody, you know, the trailers were okay. I won't say that they were, you know, 10 out of 10 out of, on all of them. But I think that I have a theory that when a trailer is 10 out of 10, the season isn't necessarily all that good. So, you know, as the kids say, the trailers were kind of mid, but uh, they gave enough. They gave enough to to uh, make me inquisitive on watching to, watching watching them, um, especially Married to Medicine and Beverly Hills, although those are kind of my favorite, too, already. But uh, Potomac and Miami, their trailers were really good as well. Um, I guess we could start with Potomac, actually, since it came out first. I think it came out last Friday. Um, and yeah, it was it was so-so. It was okay. Now, Potomac is not really, you know, advisory first. Potomac is not necessarily my favorite franchise. I know they have their diehard fans and people who just love them and think that they serve it all. I'm an old school Atlanta fan, so my heart is always going to be with, you know, seasons four through six of Housewives of Atlanta. And, you know, nobody's ever going to touch touch those girls for me. Um, but uh, Potomac, it's, Potomac gets in their bag and they can deliver some drama. I just find that them, they intentionally gaslight their fan base, which then makes their fans really rabid online. And I just... That makes the show hard for me to watch. So usually by episode five or six, I tap out. But, um, you know, we'll see what this season gives. It doesn't look as dark and and negative as, as previous seasons. So I might be able to stick it out. Um, 
So the trailer begins with like this WandaVision 50s inspired, you know, Leave it to Beaver classic television introduction um, where it says Potomac proper and they're showing it kind of like, excuse me, in the Bravo, you know, the kind of Bravo laughing track way. Um, well, Bravo doesn't have laughing tracks in their shows, but the Bravo humor of the sh of of the show um and it starts with Giselle and I'm assuming a new love interest it looks like a younger dude I don't believe this I don't you know Giselle is like charade to me I don't necessarily feel like they want a man but they feel like they have to have one on this show because you know if you're a black woman of a certain age and you don't have a man that's just the worst thing ever in life you know by by uh social perception so and then y'all told her that she didn't, she wasn't giving any personal story. She's never really given any personal story to me personally. Um, but people really got on her last season about not having personal story. So she has a love interest this season. And we see that's, uh, that's like the first scene um, in the trailer. And then we see Ashley. She has new boobs named Demi and Diamond. Um... Ashley is an interesting housewife because what I will give Ashley is that as unlikable as she is, I enjoy not liking her. Um, you know, some housewives, when they're unlikable, it's like, bitch, I can't even watch you no more. Like, you're so just dark. I just can't even watch you. But Ashley is annoying, but I like watching her get red. I like watching her, you know, be humbled and brought down when she gets beside herself. So, I enjoyed not liking Ashley, which is, you know, I don't dislike her personally. I don't know her personally, but um, I think Drew from Atlanta, who's another look to me, but I think if she took a step out of the Ashley playbook of being enjoyably unlikable, um, you know, that's a good approach to have. Uh, then we see a scene where the women go around the table and Wendy asks, who swallows? And guess who raises their hand? Oh. Then oh. she wants us to believe that she actually swallows. I don't buy it, but she, I mean, I get the sense that Robin likes pussy more than dick, but if Robin wants us to believe that she swallows Ron, I mean, she swallows Juan's Dixon, you know, I will go with it, Robin. We, we're gonna believe you, by God. Robin swallows, that's what she says. Um, then we see Giselle announces there's a new Grand Dam of Potomac. And Karen kind of scoffs and says, if it were only that simple. Every season, Giselle tries to make someone else the, the, the true Grand Dame of Potomac. And it always falls flat. She can never make herself the Grand Dame because she lives in a barn. And, you know, she just doesn't have the presence and charisma that Karen does. So Karen says if it, could, if it was only that simple. Of course, if it was only that simple. Um, we see Bump on a Log, Charisse. Like, can y'all stop bringing Sharice back? I'm bored with her. I'm tired of her. If she's the grand dam in real life, great. Let her be that in real life. But I don't need to see haggard, tired, lump on the log Sharice anymore. She wasn't a presence when she was on the show and they keep trying to force it now. And it's just like, ugh. Don't bring her back. It's, she's not even fun to watch. Like, 
I, I could see if she was fun to watch but not giving anything, but she's not even that. So we see her again in another scene with Giselle. Um, and then uh, we see the ladies going to a drag show. They all look good. They have on their neon colors. You know, a drag show to housewives is like a sound bath. It's like a uh, a retreat. It's a, It's one of their gimmick trips that they have to take in every city so um you know they go to the drag show now i i am under the impression the drag show is where that brawl takes place that we that love and hip-hop wwe brawl that we saw online that i guess they're going to try to convince us didn't happen where they were tussling i mean brawling brawling on the floor like wrestlers um, I believe that that's where that takes place, but I'm not sure that because they didn't include that in the trailer. Um, we see the new girl. I I can't tell if her name is Neca or Mecca, but she's Ashley's friend, um, and she kisses her husband and says thank you for the two million dollar house. Now, if I know Bravo like I know Bravo, that's gonna come back to bite her if she's on here more than one season. Because anytime you number drop on here whether it was Sheree believing she deserves someone's seven figures or Teresa pulling out the cash at the furniture store, Bravo will make you eat your number dropping words. So, you know, if she's on here long enough, at some point the house is going to get foreclosed on, the husband is going to leave or something to make her eat those $2 million words. But um, I'm guessing she's African as well. But she says that her dad, she's a rich bitch, and her dad made her dad was a rich bitch too. I don't, well, too many African men want to be called rich bitches, but um, she says he's a rich bitch too. So you know, he, that's where she comes. That's the lineage she comes from. Um, we see that her and Wendy, I guess, are going to get into it. I they really wanted to dispel the colorism uh, conversation. I feel like so they got somebody who looks like Wendy to get into it with her so y'all can keep complaining and making them have to address this at reunion after reunion so you know they want us to believe that colorism doesn't exist so we're gonna get to see two dark-skinned women who look just alike get into it so you guys can stop complaining now you happy you happy stop it no colorism so um then we see mia and ashley get into it and mia says that she she asked Ashley if she married um, Michael for money. And Ashley looks confused and says, uh, well, did you marry Gordon for money? And Mia says, maybe. Now, one thing I'll give Mia, I know Mia is not a fan favorite. And I, I don't really particularly care for her either. But one thing I'll give Mia is she's like Marlo and Danielle style, where it's like, you can't spray them with anything they won't they haven't already sprayed themselves with you can't you can't pull nothing on me that i'm not gonna own or i'm not gonna stand in so i'll give mia that like she was like well maybe um and ashley I, ashley has some nerve because it's like what what other reason was there to marry michael if not for money i mean he looks like gullum he touches production's asses he said he wanted to suck Juan's dick a couple seasons ago like what I, I, I just don't know what other reason there would be to marry Michael Darby besides money but Ashley looks offended and she looks um she looks surprised by that 
Mia and Gordon, uh, well, Mia tells Gordon that she had actually uh, saw a divorce attorney uh, not too long ago. Uh, since this is aired, we know that they've come out and said that they are getting a divorce or they're having some marital issues or something. I don't believe that either. I felt like that was very convenient for the show um, because it drew, they announced it right after the trailer. Um, so, you know, that was in there. Gordon looks like his dentures are about to fall out because he can't believe that. Uh, Giselle is sending her oldest daughter to college. This is Gis Giselle's annual daughter scene that she has to have every season because she's so unlikable. Um, and she needs the people who find any little thing redeemable about a housewife. She needs, um, she needs those people to, um, she needs those people to, you know, like her in this scene. Like, there's some housewives like, uh, Giselle or Kenya or even Teresa where they're so unlikable in every other scene but when they're with their daughters that's when they're endearing to the audience so you know Giselle um, pulls that scene out every season then we see Mia and Karen get into it um, and Mia tells Karen she's an old dog and needs to learn new tricks and Karen says you are the tricks I love Karen Huber. <laughs> I don't like this franchise, but I love me some Karen Huber. I find her, she's like Nene in a way where it's like, you're never gonna get one up on her. Or very rarely does someone get one up on her and she's not ready, she's not prepared with some kind of comeback, some kind of quick, you know, quick-witted response that is just, you know, gonna slap you in the face. So I fuck with Karen, even when her personal story, that's the thing, even when you don't have great that great of a personal story, when you can just deliver anytime the girls come for you, that's a great housewife. So I love Karen. I didn't even, I didn't love Karen when the show first started. I thought she was really pretentious and just, uh, but over time she's grown on me and she's, she's probably one of my favorite housewives of all of all of them. Um, then we get to Candace and Ashley arguing. This, again, is something they do every season. I think, what are they in season eight? And they've been doing this since Candace came on the show, which I think is like season three. So, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of exhausted with them arguing. I feel like they're like Portia and Kenya, where they're just, they're never going to like each other. It's never going to happen. And even when they try to be like um, pleasant or, you know, nice in a scene it's so fake it's so forced I just I'm tired of seeing them arguing one of them I think one of them is eventually gonna have to go but they get into it because of Michael's lawsuit against Candace which I mean what is he really suing her for I, I'm not the biggest Candace fan but everything she's said has been true you you grabbed the cameraman's ass you told Juan you wanted to suck his dick you um, we saw you in hotel rooms with prostitutes. I don't, I don't think that she said anything that wasn't factual or that you haven't yourself confirmed with your behavior on camera. Um, but whatever. Uh, then we see that Giselle confronts, I'll put in air quotes, confronts Robin over Juan's behavior. I don't believe this for one second. Like I said about Giselle, everything with her is so contrived. I feel like the viewers 
punked her into confronting Robin over something because she lied. She allowed Robin to lie last season um, and basically not tell anything that was going on, going on in her own life. And they brought up fake bullshit on Candace and her husband. So um, she's having to confront Robin now to make it seem like, you know, people love to say Giselle is this great producer. But if you're going to be a great producer, then you got to set everybody up for a scene. You can't just cherry pick. You're not going to confront your friends over something. But, um, you know, she, her and Lump on a Log, Sharice confront Robin about uh, Juan's infidelities. Uh, then we see, oh, we get to my favorite uh part of the trailer we see Robin crying in the what crying in the in the van and Robin Robin doesn't understand how she's the villain and she hasn't done anything to anybody Robin! Robin! so uh you know Robin is just boohooing and then we see the most apropos moment of this trailer the most uh, the most apropos moment maybe of the franchise Robin Dixon is sitting on the curb crying is that not a metaphor for her relationship, her life, her position on this show? Robin sitting on the curb. <sighs> Whoever in production included that in this was messy. Whoever was messy enough to do that, they had the same thought that I did. That uh, A shot of Robin sitting on the curb in some mom jeans is just, it makes perfect sense. Uh, then we see the new girl against Wendy again, and the new girl says that Wendy's mom has a shrine, and I, I don't know if she's implying that there's some voodoo doll behavior going on here. Um, and then lastly, the final scene of the trailer is Robin and Karen, uh, Robin getting ate up again, as she always does since season one. Anytime she tries to step up against Karen, she always gets... A good eating um but it seemed like they were more being funny anyway though but uh you know that was the final uh scene in the housewives of potomac trailer they premiere on november 5th on bravo i believe yeah november 5th so check them out um yeah, it was it was an okay trailer i won't say it was a 10 out of 10 i've i've seen them give better but Again, I think that they're kind of pulling back on the trailers and and letting the season, the mid-season trailer be that one. Um, so, you know, I feel like when the trailer is too hyped up, the season doesn't live up to that. So they kind of give you a mid-trailer and they will probably bring it during the season. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back with the next trailer, which I believe is Beverly Hills. And we're back. So, the Beverly Hills trailer. They have been off for over a year. Uh, Beverly Hills, I would probably say, uh, is my current favorite franchise. I just, I don't know. I like the glamour. I like the money. I like the aesthetic. Um, 
this is the first season without Lisa Rinna for a long in a long time. We we complained enough to get her off the show because uh, she was just unbearable like the last two seasons. So Lisa Rinna is gone, and there is um, and they're back. Um, we get the traditional aerial shot of Los Angeles. Um, you know, that they do every season, almost every episode, that aerial shot that, that, um, of Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, whatever. Um, and it starts with all the blog posts about Kyle and Mauricio. And we hear everybody saying, you know, it's always been Mauricio who's been the one accused of cheating, but now it's Kyle. Um, and that's going to be their main. One thing I like about Beverly Hills producing is they give you a main story in episode one and then we're just going to you know deconstruct that as the season goes on there's a theme in their season um the girls are gossiping about it this is you know another traditional beverly hills thing where we see the girls facetiming and texting about what's going on in one of their lives and um, how they're so concerned. They haven't actually contacted the person to let them know they're concerned, but they're so concerned. Um, typically, this is a Garcelle moment, and in this, I believe it is Garcelle and Sutton that are, are gossiping about it. Um, Kyle talks to Erica um, and tells her how people are t- people have been telling her that they thought her marriage was perfect and they were couple goals, and Erica says, Nobody was in, nobody's in this marriage but two people. I, I, you know, Erica's voice is like, it's that nasally high pitch, but it's not like a, a valley girl. It's that, it's an evil villain high pitch. Nobody's in this marriage but two people type of thing. Um, <laughs> so um, she's giving her that advice on that. And Kyle is, is giving us, you know, Kyle tears. She can cry on demand. Uh, the ladies go to Vegas and we see they're flying. I'm guessing this is Sutton's private jet or, or someone close to Sutton got them a private jet. And there's red phantoms waiting for them when they arrive. Um, they do this beautiful pan across all this jewelry and it's million dollar rings. And we see Garcelle and Erica in their blazers looking at the rings. And Garcelle says... Uh, you're going to have to give a blowjob every day for one of these. And Erica says, I don't go that way. Uh, which I like the Garcelle and Erica duo. I've always wanted them to kind of be a duo on this show. Um, I know everybody doesn't like Erica. Erica's one of the most, you know, disliked housewives for the stuff her husband did. But I like Erica. I, I And I like her with Garcelle. To me, Erica's one of those white girls who, you know, she just kind of... I don't like the the cookout metaphor, but she just she doesn't give me stuck up Karen like the rest of them. So I like the I like Garcelle and Erica kind of being a duo, and we see that a little bit more throughout the the trailer. Uh, Sutton buys a horse, and Garcelle asks her how much it costs, and she says more than your Birkin, which was kind of like. I mean, Garcelle laughed, but I was been like, bitch, of all the things for it to be more expensive of, why my Birkin that I bought last season? I don't know, but uh, Garcelle didn't find any shade in it, so whatever. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it too deeply. Uh, the ladies go to Barcelona. Um, the Ozempic is running rampant throughout this franchise. The girl's skin is hanging, and the Ozempic is in full 
full throttle. Kyle and Erica are just shells of themselves. They are, they are <laughs> shooting that Ozempic up like heroin. Uh, then we see uh, one of the waiters come and Garcelle says her and Erica can tag team him and Erica says gladly. Again, I like these two together. Um, then we see the new the new girl who's a black woman who I was on her Instagram maybe once or twice. The big thing with her has been that her husband has like some really uh, homophobic, transphobic, problematic views. So I know that that's kind of, I don't know if that's what leads to her and Crystal getting into it. But she says to Crystal, you know what else I want from you? I want to thank you for making you relevant. Now, in the scene, she you can tell she thought this comment ate because she just she said it with all her mind. You can tell when a housewife thinks that they, you know, they just ate a scene up. And I'm hoping that as we build to it, she does, um, because it, to me, you're the new person on the show. So really you getting into it with her is giving you a moment and making you relevant. So um, and the women at the table weren't like gagging it just seemed like they were more so embarrassed so i'm hoping that you know that's delivered in a better context when we see the full episode uh crystal is going off and says that everybody wants her to always yell and be angry basically be the angry asian woman which i hey if it's not a black woman i'm okay be angry let them let it let it off your chest you know go go in um then we see Denise and Camille arrive at, I guess, at somebody's party. Uh, first, let me start by saying I love Denise Richards. I think Denise Richards is beautiful. I think she is, I like her personality when she's not on this show. Um, I just, she's nostalgic. She's from that era of Pam and Carmen and Jenny. I, I like Denise Richards. I don't think she makes a great housewife. I don't think that she... I don't think this is the environment for her. I don't think that she's a conflict type of person, which is ironic being formerly married to Charlie Sheen. But I just don't think that this is her environment. I don't think that she thrives in this. Um, and it, and it kind of like, I don't think she's a quick-witted person. So it's kind of like, I mean, I think she's a weed smoker, which, you know, I'm a weed smoker, but I, I'm a quick-witted weed smoker. But I don't think that she, you know, I don't think she thrives in conflict. Um, but we see her and Erica get into it. And Erica says... You know that it's $7 for a naked bundle of Denise Richards on OnlyFans? You think I'm not going to go as low as I can? You're one evil woman. I am. Erica is leaning into the Ursula evil villain bitch role this season and I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I I like when Erica leans into her villainous, you know, it matches her voice. She is just an ice queen villain and I think she leans into that perfectly this season. Um, but yeah, I like Denise. I just don't think Denise is for this show or if she is, it's not for her, you know, Evidently, they don't want her to be the kind of person to just be a bystander on this show. They want, if she's going to be there, they want conflict with her. So if you can't handle conflict, I just, I don't think this is the place for her. But I love Denise Richards. I just, I like seeing her in more positive lights. Um, 
Then we finally see, like, at the, almost at the end of the notes here, we, we finally see Dorit. I follow Dorit on Instagram. I rarely see her. I rarely saw her in this trailer till this part. Um, she's telling PK about her PTSD um, from the robbery that she had that last season, which was actually like two years ago. But um, PK is telling her that he understands her PTSD, but he also thinks that some of it is obnoxious. Now, I mean, I that's still a plot line for me but for the sake of this i'm gonna believe it okay i'm gonna believe that someone really broke in the house because they still haven't found that person supposedly but i'm gonna say i i, I i'll go along with believing it i believe to read i think that you can still have ptsd i someone broke into my house when i was a kid and i can still remember that like moment of waking up out of my sleep and like that you just don't forget shit like that so I thought that was kind of like especially because he wasn't there and it's not like he's a big towering man himself so if you know if he was there I don't know how effective he would have been but um yeah he doesn't seem very remorseful or you know empathetic to her still being shook up by this um Erica's starting her residency uh, which was ironic that she would say. You know that it's $7 for a naked bundle of Denise Richards on OnlyFans? You think I'm not going to go as low as I can? You're one evil woman. I am. Because the word on the street was that her tickets to her residency were $7 and they weren't even selling. See, if I was Denise Richards, I would have said, well, yeah, my OnlyFans, but they can come see you live for $7 and they still ain't dropping that 7 to come see you half naked for $7. A bundle of you on stage naked to pay back the victims that your husband stole from. But, you know, I'm not Denise Richards, so I, I can't say that. But if I was Denise, I definitely would have said, okay, well, you know, all it takes a million people could subscribe to my OnlyFans. A million people know who I am. Do a million people know you? Um, but then the ladies confront Kyle about this uh, this relationship with this woman, this late in life lesbian relationship with this woman. Again, I'm not all that invested in this. I think that Kyle, Kyle, similarly to Giselle, knows that she hasn't had much personal story, and time is ticking, and her sisters aren't. You know, they're done exploiting their sisterly drama for the show. So she's going to have to actually show up and deliver her own storyline. Um, but her and the new girlfriend who she's, I don't know if she's managing her. She does something with her. Some There's some kind of professional relationship there, which is what I think the real thing is here. Not them being in a lesbian relationship. But then Dorit says, you got the first letter of her name tattooed on my Dorit is so. I mean, it's really not because Dorit is from Connecticut. She's not from England. She's not her. Her accent is a concoction of of a variety of accents. So you really can't have a wrong Dorit accent. But Dorit says, "You really got her, her the first letter of her name tattooed on you," which, again, don't insult my intelligence. The girl's name is Morgan, but Kyle's husband's name is Mauricio. So, you know, don't tell me you got the first letter of her name tattooed on you and it's an M, which happens to be the same 
letter that your husband's name start with. Now, I don't know if it, it was the girl got Kyle's name tattooed on her. Maybe that's what she meant. But even then, like, I'm sure there's probably somebody coincidentally in her life, a niece or somebody whose name starts with a K. But they want us to believe that, so we'll go with it. Um, Kyle says that, or the girl tells the interviewer, he after he asked how they met, she says that Kyle was stalking her. Um, and then we see Mauricio and Kyle are having a discussion, and Mauricio says, I'm just glad that it's you having the affair. And Kyle says, yeah, for once, it's me. And Mauricio gets this weird look on his face, which they're finally playing into, because if you've watched this show throughout the years, there's always been rumors that Mauricio is cheating on Kyle with a girl about town. Um, so, you know, they're finally, but they've never acknowledged it. They never brought that on the show. I wish they would, I hope they do a flashback of that time that woman tried to dance with Mauricio and Kyle said, get away from my husband. It was like, she like snatched the bitch real, real quickly and was like ready to fight over her. So again, Kyle to me loves being married. She loves the access that comes with being married. She loves the optics that comes with being married. So her being a late in life lesbian, uh, I don't know. Of all the of all the housewives, Kyle just is always giving me strictly dickly. So, but I'll believe it for the sake of the show. Uh, the final scene of their trailer is Garcelle saying, "Where's Kyle?" and Sutton replies in denial. <laughs> I thought that that was a good line and um, very Sutton of Sutton. So, uh, yeah, their that trailer was was okay. Like Potomac was pretty good. Uh, they debut October 25th on Bravo. Um, again, I'm ready for new Housewives because the ones that are on, I don't watch Salt Lake City. Uh, Nicole, I mean, Nicole, Orange County is ugh, the worst. For the people that want Atlanta to be rebooted and taken off, do Orange County first. That is the most unlikable show group of women, housewives, whatever, ever. I just, there's no way that if if Atlanta gets rebooted, it's no way they shouldn't be getting rebooted. But um, yeah, I'm they're on their reunion, so I'm glad they're going off. Um, all right, I'm going to take another break, and then I'm going to come back with Miami. And we're back. So Miami's going to be a little bit shorter than the other ones um, because there wasn't a lot of drama in theirs. I really like Miami just for the aesthetics, to be honest. I think the drama is a nice complement to the aesthetics. Uh, the girls are very colorful. There's a lot of, uh, you know, penthouses overlooking the water. Uh, everybody's work is tasteful. Never mind. I was about to tell a lie. Let me... <laughs> The, the Their trailer starts in a church, um, and we see all the women, you know, uh, with their arms around each other from the back, and their, uh, Alexia is narrating it, and, um, yeah, it looks like they're, you know, they're asking for forgiveness. And then we see uh, Alexia versus Lisa. Um, 
which is cool. I mean, Lisa is stepping up. Lisa had a hard season last season. I like Lisa. Uh, I like Alexia. Now, Alexia is one that y'all really hate, too. Uh, Her and Teresa look alike, but also they have the same amount of heat. The viewers don't see it for Alexia either. Um, But then we see Marisol versus Adriana. They're another Candace and and Ashley, Portia, and Kenya, where it's like they these two just don't like each other, so they're guaranteed to have some kind of argument every season. Um, people were saying they wanted Marisol as a full. I I don't want Marisol as a full time. I she's I don't want to call that lady a drunk, but I I can't watch housewives who don't do nothing but drink, and their lives revolve around drinking. Everything is a punchline about drinking, like you need to be a friend of now Adriana clocks in to work I like Adriana she's been and she's been there from the beginning I don't know why she's not a main housewife I don't know maybe she doesn't want to show her personal life I like that but I do like Adriana um Kiki shows up with this fucking badass uh Tony Braxton Holly Berry shortcut just eats the whole trailer I'm I'm gonna watch them just to see Kiki with this shortcut just beautiful chocolate skin looks fucking amazing with the shortcut. Um, I like Kiki. Now, they could make Kiki full-time, too. I, I like her. Uh, we see Lisa and I think Larsa looking at a $69 million penthouse. Or, excuse me, $6.9 million penthouse. Again, that's what I love about Miami. Like, there's wealth, there's opulence, there's aesthetics. And the girls actually have a coin. It's not a... You know, it's not a how do you make your money, uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul situation, but the girls actually have a coin and they're Latinas with coins. So it's like, I, I like watching them. But yeah, we see them. We see one of them, I think is Lisa, looking at a $6.9 million penthouse. Um, then we see Alexia. Yeah, to contrast that, we see Alexia is having financial issues. Yes, Alexia. Uh, you know, big, yeah, the way Alexia talks shit, you would never think she having the financial problems, but Alexia says that they got to be out of their house in 15 days. Um, I guess they're getting evicted. They don't use the word evicted. She just says has to be out. You know, uh, some people's terminology is not eviction. It has to be out. So, excuse me. She says that they have to be out in 15 days. Then we see Larsa and Marcus Jordan doing their podcast. Now, I don't like to question people's intelligence. I don't like to question people's, what am I trying to say? Marcus Jordan just seems like his elevator doesn't quite reach the top. It just seems it's giving Michael Jordan is my dad and I stopped going to school in maybe ninth or 10th grade. I don't don't know. I don't want to speak on that man's education, but it's just, it's giving not, um, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but you know him that would make him and Larsa even more compatible because she she gives that too. Uh, Nicole's dad says he wants to have a kid. If you watch last season, you would know why Nicole's expression was like what because he is a kid himself. Her dad is like 60, 60 something, and he acts like a 16 year old. Um, then we see that Gertie says that she has breast cancer and she like rips her wig off while they're at it out at lunch um which was really like a downer I wasn't the biggest Gertie fan I liked her but I wasn't the biggest fan I feel like she wasn't really present last season but um obviously with this she's going to 
going to be very present. I hate that this is the reason to make her more substantive or interesting, but um, yeah, she's going to reveal that. And yeah, what's that? I don't want to see that. Um, I mean, not that I don't want to see that, but I don't want to see a woman go through that. Um, then the police are called to Lisa's house. Uh, I'm guessing this is another moment for Lenny to embarrass her. Lenny loves, and he, he's another Bob Whitfield. He loves embarrassing her on TV. There are some men who get a kick out of embarrassing their ex-wives on TV. It is funny to them. It is humorous. It, you know, they, they get a kick out of seeing, uh, uh, <laughs> they get a kick out of seeing shit on their ex-wives face on television. And, if they can control the finances in a way that humiliates her, uh, you know, they're going to do it. So I don't know why the police are called to Lisa's house, but she says the, the police are called to her house. Then we see Larsa and Gertie get into it. I'm praying this is before Gertie reveals that she has breast cancer because Larsa is such a, she's such a bird brain. She's like an Erica Mena, like, I don't even think so, and this is not to excuse them, but I think that some of these women are such birds. They're so simple-minded that they don't even realize the 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 vitriol that they spew when they're mad. And Larsa just gives me the type of bitch to say, and that's why you guys can't. I just I can't. I pray that this is before that because she has no filter. She goes for the most wretched thing to say that's the only word I could use to describe Larsa she just when she is in an argument with somebody she says the most despicable thing um so I'm praying that it's before that because she is that type uh we see Nicole and Alexia I like seeing them argue Alexia is the queen bee of the group obviously but Nicole is you know Nicole is on her shit she's a doctor she's married well she's fashionable I like Nicole I think she's a great um she was a great addition to the show I think that she you know she doesn't take Alexia's shit and she gets Alexia tongue-tied so I like Nicole I hope that um you know she climbs up the ranks even more so her and Alexia got into it again uh, and then it ends with Lisa and Kiki arguing over animals. I put question mark over animals. Um, I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird scene. Lisa was like really, really crying, which is, I don't want to talk about these women's looks, but you know that Lisa's had a lot of work done. There's a lot of filler going on there, but you can really see her expression in this. And she was like crying really hard. So I was like, oh, I, I don't. I don't know. I like Lisa and I like Kiki, so I don't. I don't. I don't like seeing my favorites argue, um, but it seems to be over something stupid. So hopefully, it's not like super deep. Uh, but yeah, that is the Real Housewives of Miami. I don't know when they premiere. Actually, it has to be between October twenty fifth and November fifth because all these shows are premiering around that time. But uh, yeah, that was their trailer. All right, I'm going to take one more break, and then we're at the last review, which is really quick. It's Married to... Actually, I don't even need to take a break. I'll just go straight into it. It's Married to Medicine. Phaedra Parks is back. She is back on your screens. I know some people are furious. They are throwing their remotes. They are not watching. I am happy. 
I love Phaedra Parks. I didn't. I wasn't always a Phaedra fan, but Phaedra has definitely grown on me. She is like, she's like a Blanche and Rose together. She says something sexual at the most inopportune times, but then it's always really quirky and dingy. So it's kind of like not dingy, but it's like uh back in St. Olaf type of thing. I you know, I know that people have their reasons for not liking Phaedra. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole of why she's a fraud, why y'all don't like her, blah 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 blah. Um I like Phaedra and I like this incarnation of her. I I would the the Phaedra I wasn't a fan of initially was the stuffy preacher daughter, you know, Southern Belle bullshit. I'm glad that she is not behaving like that no more. And I like that she's actually being her freaky self, like, and wearing her blonde wigs and her barely there clothes. Her, you know, she is Phaedra Minaj. And I'm not mad at it. I I like when these women evolve and they stop trying to be, you know, whatever bullshit representative they were presenting in their real life before they got on TV. So, you know... Um, I know that people don't like, don't see it for Phaedra, but I do. And I'm glad that she's back. I wish she was back on Housewives of Atlanta, but I will take it on Married to Medicine in the meantime. Uh, we open this trailer with a flashback of Mariah. And Mariah says, <laughs> we are doctor's wives. We sip the wine. We don't throw the bottles. Uh, and they go over like a, this is their 10th season, their 10 year um, 10 years on the air. They started, God, they started in 2013. I remember their first season. Um, so yeah, we go through that. We see some flashbacks. Simone is making a toast and said, we've had some ups and some downs. When she says downs, the camera pans to Curtis, who <laughs> looks kind of confused, but we know why, uh, how he did Dr. Jackie. That was one of the low points of the show, but, uh, the camera pans to Curtis, um, and then there, it looks like they're, you know, they love a, uh, Married to Medicine loves a tropical evening dinner couples fight. That's, you know, they're going to give you that. They're going to be somewhere tropical at nighttime having dinner and some shit's going to jump off. Uh, so we see that, um, we see Dr. Jackie giving the brat like an ultrasound, you know, Dr. Jackie has to get her celebrity patient, one one or two celebrity patients in each season. So we see the brat. Uh, I could go without saying the brat, but whatever. We see the brat. Uh, then we see Dr. G is back and he has a new wife named Tisha. Now, uh, Simone says, uh, Tisha likes her men like she likes her wine. Vintage and age. <laughs> Vintage and age. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. How old is Dr. G? I mean, her, him and her look about the same. Hey, I know he was older than Quad, but uh, is he older than this lady too? I don't know. Uh, but we see they're going to get married on the show. It looks like whoever whoever decorated their wedding is who decorated Candy and Todd's wedding because it's that same purple and silver and white kind of look. Uh, then we see Heavenly confronting Quad and says... Are you ever going to be accountable? Heavenly asking somebody, are they going to be accountable is always funny to me. I think she knows that that's funny and ironic, so she does it. And Quad says, uh, then we see Quad telling Phaedra, the girls are trying to bury her this season. I'm excited for this duo. I don't know. I don't think it'll be Mariah and Quad. 
but Quad and Phaedra both have that 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 southern drawl, but then they're quick witted and they know how to just have that sense of humor that I just I love in southern women. Like it's just southern women just have a certain way that they say things that is just so funny to me. Um and then we see uh oh and then we get um we get them at another dinner and Simone and uh Simone I'm guessing it's Simone and Heavenly and Simone says With money and ginger's bitch you ain't got nowhere We all have said things we shouldn't have said. You said that you went outside your husband's head with a frying pan. His wife also said to Heavenly, uh you said you went upside your husband's head with a frying pan. Ah, uh, that was the quote of all these trailers. I, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was my favorite of all the. Hold on, I gotta play that one back. Uh, first, it's Simone on him. They getting it. They tagging Heavenly's ass up this season because Simone said, "With money and ginger, bitch, you ain't got nowhere." We all have said things we shouldn't have said. You said that you went outside your husband's head with a frying pan. Uh, Married to Medicine, October 25th. The girls are back. Phaedra Parks is back. Heavenly is back. I am ready. They didn't even include this because we know Heavenly was on live cleaning Carlos King's teeth and said Phaedra read somebody and Phaedra got read. So we know that this trailer is just a little tidbit. So I'm excited for the girls to be back. They seem like they're giving way more than the Housewives of Atlanta gave which is, you know, I, I hate to see, but I'm happy somebody in Atlanta is still dropping that heat and they are not letting uh, no other city pick it up. Uh, yeah, I think that I am almost, am I at an hour? I'm at 49 minutes. I gave y'all 49 minutes of this. So, hey, again, I did it in a week this time. Hopefully the next episode I drop is in a week too. Uh, maybe it'll be a movie. Maybe it'll be some hot topics. I don't know if you're listening to this. Give me some feedback and let me know what you would like to hear. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Until next time, I appreciate you for listening. Uh, and I'll see you on the next episode.